life might hand you budgets, schedules, family, and responsibility. But driving shouldn't be just another chore. We're here to help you find a car you love. Something that fits your budget and your needs, but is fun to drive and makes you look back. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car to Be. As you may have noticed if you watch our Instagram feed, we are not in the normal studio. We've been in SEMA, and I posted that ridiculous lifted airbag uh, <laughs> yeah. spiked Hummer picture. That was Green weird. and white, and you came out and it said, was, I have to post this. It was, this is it the was, definition of SEMA It was right SEMA there. in one photograph, absolutely. So you also notice this, of course, sounds a little differently because we are recording it on the road. Uh, in fact, uh, the first half and second half will even be recorded at separate times, separate locations. So we're just letting you know all that up front. We wanted to talk about the madness that is SEMA mm-hmm. and then answer some of your questions. So that's the intention on this podcast. Yeah, we had to come. We we haven't been in a while, as a matter of it's fact. a long time, yeah. And uh, yeah, just wanted to come back and check everything out and it just seems like every automotive journalist is at SEMA mm-hmm. despite what they do. They might not have any connection to the world of aftermarket or tuning or hot rodding or whatever that is. Yes. And they're here, as are we, and looking at everything. But it's actually fun and I uh, <clears throat> have to admit this very strange part of me that wants some of these monster trucks that are here. It seems like 6 by 6s are now a thing at the show, yeah. interestingly enough. Yeah. Hennessy's got one here, as do a bunch of other people, Jeep and all these 6 by 6s but it's the trucks yeah. that I'm just going, this small part of me wants one of these <laughs> desperately, but I have no use for uh-huh. it. I, I have it's no the, reason to own it. Yeah, it's the same part of me that wants a Raptor, but I think it's interesting. <laughs> we went through a whole haul yesterday that is all of these trucks. And by the second or third row, it was just white noise to me. And you were yeah. you were a constant shutterbug. You were taking pictures of all of them, wandering over, leaning in the cabin. However, having said that, there were a couple lifted trucks yesterday that I'm not kidding when I say, again, we're 6'3". Yeah. The bottom yeah. of the wheel well, the, think about this, the bottom of the wheel well was taller than we are. Yeah, just let that soak in. I mean, monster trucks. We saw the original Bigfoot, or one of the original Bigfoot trucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Gravedigger was day. here. Gravedigger was here, looking like somebody just built him, which made me think. This is how my brain works. Who gets the job of cleaning that? Oh my gosh. Yeah, that was that was cool. I mean, here we are talking about monster trucks. We never do. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. It, it's only at SEMA. But <laughs> I asked Todd, you know, we're walking around. I said, who? where do these trucks go mm-hmm. after the show? And mm-hmm. they've got these custom builds. They get sold off. I never see them for sale anywhere. Mm-hmm. I never see them driving around. You know, they're not all in California. They're spread out throughout the country. Yeah. They're scattered everywhere by all these different builders. And I think, where do these trucks go and who drives them? And they've got to be unbelievably expensive and 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 the honestly build quality is catastrophically amazing. bad to drive they i'm can't, sure I mean, well, the, some I'm of the sure. really ridiculous ones i'm sorry you wouldn't want to drive it but I, I think about that about all the sema builds i mean so many of them are that classic i, I don't mean this to be tacky but they are that classic show build meaning oh yeah we just yeah, yeah. rolled it out as the paint is drying right now and it might run and it might not but it doesn't matter because it looks kind of cool that that thing, but I just, yeah. I do wonder where all of those go. You know, I mean, some of them, granted, are on the on display for mm-hmm. various manufacturers, and they're sure, built sure, as yeah. that. They're yeah, just built sure. as only attention-getting show trucks, mm-hmm. and they'll be in the lobby of the thing, or they'll be at you know they'll keep taking shows for mm-hmm. years and years. But just the normal, I say normal, but I'm looking at this huge extended cab Chevy. It's it's huge, four doors. <laughs> It's got two snowmobiles, uh, two snow machines, snowboard, uh, mountain bike, 
lifted. Yeah, it's the, a dually. The yeah. bed, the height of the bed of the truck is as tall as we are. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I'm going, I want this. I don't know where I'd park it. <laughs> I don't know why I even want it, but I want it. <laughs> why do you, I want it? You were a man in a daze in that whole hallway. I, it was I quite was numb at you, the it end. It was just, I, I mean, it was hysterical how many raptors, you Normal raptors look tiny. They look, they, they look like mini trucks. They look like mini trucks at this show. <laughs> this is the problem with SEMA, though, is that everything is larger than life. I mean, Hennessy released their new monster, ridiculous supercar that's going to go 300 miles an yeah, hour. Yeah, the F5. I, you know, I, okay, all right. I, but that's, and, and I feel like, I feel like those builds are all, all the SEMA builds, they're bragging rights builds. They did are, Did you see yeah. what we did? We posted that really cool, actually, because it's me, liked the color. We posted that really cool green Ferrari. Oh, that yeah, That was a yeah. cool looking wrap, I have to admit. Oh, and that reminds me. Like that. There's a company here that is selling aerosol-based spray-on wraps. Oh, yes. Yeah, they and well done, too. Yeah, they look pretty good. Very well done. I mean, you'd have to be... Is that a matte paint job, or you know, you yeah. kind of have to know. I was surprised to, to see this. that, and I, I, knowing as little about it as I do about normal wraps versus that, you know, I, I, it's not like I could walk and be like, "Well, here's the thing." I, I don't know, but I was very impressed with all the cars they had on display right. that supposedly had gone through this process because it was a, a spray on. And I'm sorry, but these words don't actually go together. A spray on wrap. Yeah. That's it, weird. That's kind of what it is. Yeah. And then there's all these other trucks that have the spray-on bed liner on the exterior of the paint. The whole truck is the... Is the, the entire like, thing. Yeah, I the rhino-style, like, hard, you know... Talk about durable. Textured I mean, liner. Just hose your car off with a power washer, pressure yeah. washer, and yeah. it looks brand new. I mean, there's a 911-991 with an 89 whale tail, turbo tail, mm-hmm. grafted onto it that just... You know, I was looking at it, I thought, why does that look off? Why does that look strange mm-hmm. to me? And then I realized the whale tail is from the 89 Carrera. Yeah, which, if you want to, if you, and it's on a target, if you, if you want to realize how big the current 991 is, then you see it with the, what used to be an enormous wing off the back of the 80s 911. I mean, that wing overpowered the rest of the car on the 80s 911 visually. Yeah, yeah. But you put it on the back of the 991, and it looks a little bit little. It's, <laughs> well, it's not quite the size it should small. be, which is very weird. Gosh, there's Jeeps here, all the lifted Jeeps, and I'm, I'm of course, thinking, you know, what's next? What's the tow vehicle going to be? But Stop it. I just, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of off the rails here. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we entered the trailers hall, and then we entered the tires hall. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, the amount of manufacturers and the amount of manufacturers that make the tire changers, the dismount yes. and mount equipment... Yes. Unbelievable. It's just, you're numb. You're just, mouth is hanging open and you, walking around once, this place. And I wish this was an exaggeration, but once I passed the sixth or seventh row of companies selling a tire mounter balancer, sixth or seventh <laughs> row of it, <laughs> yeah. I, I really was just kind of like, where is this market? How mm-hmm. many? How, I didn't realize that market was that big. This is the crazy thing Apparently, about SEMA. Everybody's making money. And the tire haul. Yes. Yes. I'm not kidding. The tire Hall started with all the brands you've heard of, and at the back was brands that I have never even liked. It almost looked like somebody threw letters at a wall and made a tire. It was just, and and some of them big booths, like yeah. huge oh, booths yeah. with tons of tires. Like I've never heard of this company ever. <laughs> exactly. I saw a slammed 356 Outlaw. Mm-hmm. I actually really like this car. I mean, the stuff that is. It looks boring at SEMA, but if you look closely, (laughs) 
it, it actually is tasteful, or approaching tasteful, at least. You can see tasteful from there. I don't know that there's anything it seems I mean, that I would classify as tasteful. I, I the, get that, but the, the ones that look, you know, there's nothing crazy about that. It's actually sort of tasteful that's just close. by itself you're right, you're right. out in the wild. You're right. It you would think, be... okay, that would look pretty cool. Yeah. Here, it just point. looks sort of boring and uninteresting, and nobody's looking at it. It's got to be the most gaudy, <laughs> crazy thing, and yeah. there's rows of the trucks outside. Uh-huh. I mean... Just the parade of trucks through town, and yeah. here we are at day 42 of SEMA, and we feel like we seems haven't like seen it. anything yet. Yeah, it seems like <laughs> it. I mean, the, the scale of it is shocking, and then, of course, the number of people as well. I, know, I don't know if you noticed, but everybody's badge says something at the bottom about kind of what category group they signed up under. Mm-hmm. You can yeah. be a buyer. You can be a whatever, okay? We're obviously, we have media badges. The fun, funniest one I saw yesterday, though, and I pointed it out to you, proving that even though SEMA, you have to qualify, and maybe I'm letting something out here by saying this, but proving the, the SEMA, you have to quote-unquote qualify to come to SEMA, the qualifications apparently are a bit low. because <laughs> The limbo is there are, pretty high. There are actually badges that said on the bottom, spouse. Yeah. <laughs> it actually said spouse 2017. So really, your qualification is you married somebody that somehow qualified, and you can get a badge. <laughs> but then your badge says spouse. I, I've never seen that at a show, ever, anywhere. I mean, it's just like anything goes at SEMA. It is Vegas, so, I mean, yeah. you know, the, yeah. the, that whole thinking, people are drifting to the parking lot. I mean, there's... yeah. Ford has an entire pavilion outside in the parking lot. Yeah, we should clarify. They're not driven to the parking lot because it's some Yahoo that oh, came yeah, to a right. No, no, no. They've set up like drifting demonstrations in the parking lot. Paul and I were in a meeting with friends of ours at Velocity talking about season two, and halfway through the meeting, we were yelling at each other because mm-hmm. the meeting booth was probably 200 feet from the drifting course. You can imagine how well that went. Yeah, absolutely. So we walk outside after I'm seeing all these monster trucks. And we encounter the Earth Roamer. It's earthroamer.com. Mm-hmm. If you've never seen these things, check out the website. And they brought their big boy, their latest one, outside. And you can tell this is the luxury, really high-end mm-hmm. builds of the off-road. You know, I mean, these things cost more than a house. This, was, this, this thing was, honestly, if you stood beside it, I mean, it is, it's a two-story vehicle, but it's so far lifted. If you stood beside it, it is almost three stories high. Think... Uh, Greyhound bus or big Prevost bus size, like height, and add another three or four feet. It's that kind of height. <laughs> and it was actually listed for $1.5 million. What was it built on? The Ford 750 or something? Yeah, Ford F750, oh. you know, super heavy duty, huge V8 turbo diesel engine. Yeah. I mean, this thing was amazing. And so I instantly fell in love with that thing. Of course but you it's did. this, it's this, um, I guess it's this part of me that looks at a vehicle, and then I think the activities surrounding that. So like the Earth Roamer, sure. I think, sure. man, what a great trip, and I imagine this amazing three-month excursion and, and seeing all this cool stuff, and then I, I see these other lifted trucks with the snowmobiles and the yeah, yeah, whatever, yeah. the mountain bikes and all yeah. this stuff, and man, wouldn't that be cool to drive off into the backcountry and we just find an adventure, and it's it's interesting, because that's what SEMA is to me. It's the, the vehicles that are... are Built with an adventure in mind okay. and right. built so specifically to that. Mm-hmm. The Jeep Wranglers here and the Rubicons and the lifted Jeeps and all this stuff, they, they seem to have, you know, this rugged safari look or yeah, the, yeah. you know, the winter, you know, let's go skiing. They, su- look they suggest or, a lifestyle. It very much does. Yeah. And it's yeah. become that. It's no longer just, you know, winches and wheels and tires yeah. and, 
you know, all this cool stuff. I don't know why I'm doing a Texas voice. No, here's why you're doing a Texas voice. I didn't show you the ad. There's an ad (laughs) in the SEMA book for one of these winches. And the ad is a photo of a guy with, I mean, imagine what the guy would look like if he was the perfect guy for the front of a Western movie. You know, gnarled hat and bushy, you know, almost stubble. And the little tiny thumb thumb sized cigar in the corner of his mouth he's trying to be Clint Eastwood and it was just him staring at you and then below that is this very modern <laughs> p- photography from a like product studio it says we have the fastest winch and I was like those two things don't, did nobody tell you those two things don't really relate so that's why you're doing the western voices stuff like that do you want the fastest winch? Because, you know... <laughs> Whoops, bumper came let's off. Just, let's just take it easy. When you're winching something out, the whole point is just to be careful because there was something wrong. Yeah, theoretically. So just yes. take it easy. Let's get the truck out of the mess and, yeah. you know, we'll move on. I, I also think walking around, Todd and I are, of course, clean shaven. And as you know, most build shows, everybody is has reached peak beard. Mm-hmm. And I keep asking you, have, are we there yet? Apparently not. Well, beard's down to the middle of your chest. We were at the Velocity. It's cool. I'm cool yeah. with it. It just seems like there's a fine line between peak beard and homeless. <laughs> there is a fine. That, that is a narrow margin. You're right. <laughs> but, you know, we were at, and I know this sounds incredibly pretentious to say it, but I'm going to say it anyway. We were able to, to go to the Velocity party last night. So Velocity had a party for people that know Velocity or are on Velocity, etc. So we're walking around with a lot of the other guys, if you watch Velocity, that are on all these build shows. And we realized that for that party, for on-air <laughs> personalities at that party, I mean, Wayne Carini was there. He at least has a mustache. That's true. We were far too clean-shaven and non-tatted to be any to be representing yeah. the Velocity channel. That was quite odd. Yeah. I mean, I'm cool with it. I just think, you know, the, the <laughs> long beards, yeah. like... Honestly, those the huge ZZ, beards, those easy top beards, totally. Yes. They're they're associated with build shows. Interestingly, mm-hmm. you know the the whole off road and just build shows and yeah, yeah. manufacturers. And I, like I said, I'm cool with it. I just you know we're wandering around, just sort of noticing this this look, and uh, it's pretty funny. So it's funny that you you see adventure when you see those big lifted trucks because you know what I kept thinking. Granted, it's a screenwriter in me. I kept thinking, did the apocalypse happen? Thank God we have this vehicle. <laughs> they're the because that's what they're for built it. for. Yes, the zombie apocalypse has occurred. But thank God I've got my Earth Roamer. You know, <laughs> and the size of the wheels on these trucks is yeah. astounding. You just run them over. Yeah, I mean, just the, the amount of money. Just look around the halls. Look outside, and the amount of money in the builds and the value of the vehicles—it is staggering. Just to think, oh my gosh, all this stuff, and I mean, plated or anodized parts. I mean, they're perfectly yeah, yeah, polished yeah. and clean, and the best materials, and they're top quality stuff. I mean, yeah. that's what SEMA's about. But, There's high end stuff here. For I sure. mean, just I can't imagine some of these trucks cost. Well, and the load in. You and I started thinking about that oh, in the yeah, middle of tire too. hall yesterday, where they were bringing where there were <laughs> tires that, that were you know twelve foot high tires you could climb through the middle of. We we joked about they should build a vehicle that has a seat in the middle of one of those big twelve foot tall tires, and that's your entire vehicle. You just you sit in the middle, curled up, you drive it because these these tires were huge. I just kept imagining the load in with the folks that have got you know here's three dozen thirty two inch rims. Yeah, yeah. Did how did you do that? What on earth oh, did that gosh. look like? <laughs> Madness. <laughs> okay, so favorites so far. I mean, we haven't seen everything so far. Today we're going to go see that Hennessy F5. The reveal was yesterday, so we're going to go check that out. And then, uh, yeah, what has struck you so far as just lifestyle or just the image of, you know, you got to have this or cars or anything like that? Of course, we haven't seen the dub aisle. 
we got to go see. Yeah, we, uh, we, we only glance at the dub aisle, which of course is always madness. Every dub driver, you yeah, know, yeah. We, we, that's <laughs> us. That that is the new show, right you there. No, that's, that's us. That's very much. And then I'm going to grow a beard and get some tats. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> I feel the need to get a sleeve. Yeah, it's going to be perfect. <laughs> Frightening. Okay, yeah, not who we are, but but fine. Anyway, uh, but no, actually, you know what? I was really impressed with that silver matte Ferrari that was at the spray-on vinyl booth. Oh, sure. I know I don't like silver. It was well. It had some blue tint to it, and it, and it, and it had like a matte a matte satin finish. Yeah, it was really striking. They'd put it. They'd put a fin on it. Granted, that's probably what attracted me because I'm a ten year old. It was silver, but it had a big fin. <laughs> the fin was awesome. <laughs> I really like the fin on that car. That's ten year old like, me voice. Dad, look. Yeah, a fin. exactly, exactly. Everything's yes. better with fins, but yes. it, but it for for SEMA otherwise it was it was nicely done. Sure. You know, it wasn't. Sure. You know that. that I like Approaching that. tasteful. Exactly. I like that green Ferrari, but that green Ferrari felt okay. I felt like only in the confines of SEMA. If you yeah. had it parked at a Cars yeah. and Coffee, it would be everybody would be parked like an extra space away because they're f- frightened of cutting themselves on it. I mean, it was nuts, yeah. but it was cool. But in the confines of SEMA, it felt kind of normal. I knew enough to know that outside anywhere but SEMA would be way beyond normal. This this silver Ferrari almost felt like yeah, I could just see that at a car show. Sure, and then sure. knowing that it, that spray on vinyl, how did you do that? I, I think it's actually cool to think that you could really make it good. I mean, wraps sometimes disintegrate; they're not always the best. I mean, they can work really well, For but sure. then yeah, this just looked top quality. And you're thinking, I could actually change the color of my car. It'd be like driving a new car. That'd yeah, be kind of cool. Right, yeah. I'm loving the trucks. I'm actually kind of gravitating towards the Jeeps, the four-door Wranglers and the Rubicons, yeah. and I'm, I can't stop taking pictures. You, I don't know why. You, just... inex- you inexplicably want a shovel mounted vertically on the side of your Jeep. You don't know I why. Do. You don't know, I do. Mean, and a jerry can. You're, and you're, you're driving down the freeway. huge you jack. There's nothing you can dig into, but there's my shovel. Yeah. I, I want this. Although we did see this Fiat 124 with Hoonigan stickers for the Bonder at driving school with a yeah. hard top, a cage. That looks cool with a hard top, I have to say. I really dug that, and I liked the 356 Outlaw with the, you know, slam down to the ground. I liked that look, even though it was, like, Mac beige from the 90s. Yeah. Like, flat beige. Yeah. Eh, that's not really working. I could have gone with black or something sure. interesting. Sure, sure. And then, uh, yeah, that's all day one, but various, you know, hypercars, supercars, there's Veyrons, there's all kinds of madness. Veyrons, this is going to sound ridiculous. Veyrons, I I look and I go, oh, hey, a Veyron. I don't really, it doesn't go beyond that. But Pagani's (laughs) stopped me. There was that Pagani, that one tire boat. Oh, yeah, yeah. Pagani's just stopped me. That's that's my Achilles heel. That always impresses me. So I love seeing those. We saw, actually, here's ridiculousness. We left SEMA, of all places, and we went somewhere else for a meeting, and there was a 720... S in that oh, awesome yeah. orange parked out front, and that was one of the coolest cars I saw all day. And it was not at SEMA; it was just parked at the Cosmopolitan here locally. Oh, and yeah, I mean that that's that's so the tight. color on that car, the 720. It's it cool is. to see that. That turns my head. Yeah, so for sure, much. for sure. I mean, it's all the so stuff great. outside in the dub booth, anything around essentially that Hummer I took a photo of is classic SEMA. That is all of the how ridiculous and big can we make it so you can see it from space. That stuff. So that's always interesting, but the uh, because it because it just it epitomizes what SEMA is, and I like finding the stuff where it's just that's a really nice car that just works by itself. And that 720, it was nice to see it. It was only like a palate cleanser to see it after SEMA. <laughs> right. It's like that's the car as it came from the factory, and it looks awesome. That, let's go take a picture of that. Right, right. No, we also had the opportunity. We were invited to the Velocity Party mm-hmm. at at the show here, 
And it was everybody you see on Velocity, and I'm going, hey, the guys from Gold Rush, and the, you know, mm-hmm. you name the show, and they're all here cruising yeah. around. Interestingly, a bunch of shows are from the Salt Lake area. I mean, Diesel Brothers and yeah. and Kin Diggit and yeah. all these shows are actually based in Salt Lake. And uh, so we'll be, you know, independent producer it's on odd, Saturday mornings sure. coming yeah. on Velocity. So yeah, yeah. starting in January 2018 is our time slot again. Well, and you saw Chip Foose, right? I did. So Chip was my eighth term trans instructor at Art Center when I was going yeah, there. Yeah, so instructor. Yeah, yeah. He, he and uh, another guy, I think it was Danny Ellis from Subaru, these guys co-taught the class. Okay. And so this is why my eighth term project has these little hot rotting flares and touches around <laughs> the car. Because Chip would come by and he'd sit with every student and yeah. he'd just kind of, hey, here's some things to sweeten your design and yeah. actually refine that. And here's what I would look for. And it was an interesting balance between what the, you know, it was a Chrysler-sponsored project, sure. what the production guys would look for, and then Chip coming by over here going, you know what would actually spice that up and really kind of pull an interesting surface out of your design is this. And so that term, that graduating class, had these little hot rod touches all over their car. (laughs) It was so cool. So what a great guy. And and, uh, it was cool to run into him. Hadn't seen him for a long time. But it was the only semester that he actually taught at Art Center. And uh, yeah, he was up there just, again, super cool, so nice. And, you know, he's got tons of fans coming around. For sure, yeah. You know, whatever they love the show, and and he's just so accommodating to everybody. Yes, yeah. as yeah. as are most of the Velocity yeah, folks for here. Sure. And for it was sure. cool just to kind of be among the mix. There was mountains of food. Mm-hmm. Game seven of the World Series was playing, and a live DJ. There was a lot going on, but, but it was very SEMA. It was very SEMA. And the monster truck that we described mm-hmm. that was taller. The wheel wells were taller than us. If you parked it, in the middle of it, if it had rained, you would have used it as the as the rain cover because you could have just <laughs> yeah. stepped underneath it. I mean, it was just it was astounding. Yeah. <laughs> Really amazing. So, uh, what else? Uh, any other favorites that struck you? Any other standouts? Did you like any of the trucks? You're not well. I, I mean, the Raptor thing kind of appeals to you. Yeah, because the Raptor. The ra- Here's the thing about the Raptor thing. The Raptor thing for me, in relation to the big trucks, is the same thing as as an unbelievable build in the car world. I want the thing that the factory did the shakedown on that I know is just going to oh. work. You know <laughs> okay. what I mean? And a lot of these a lot of these trucks it was I, I kind of felt like you could feel the guys in the room going, "You know what we could do?" which it's, looks cool on the show floor. Every vehicle here and may not work. <laughs> and I think the Raptor again, I don't need one. Uh, you you joked with me. We walked this was your pallet cleanse. We walked out of the truck hall and you looked at me and you go, "You know what just dawned on me?" And I said, "What?" Because we'd just seen so much. And you said, "I'm thinking about the fact that you're going to be fine all winter in your mini." <laughs> yeah, you know, like all these trucks, you know, that you think, oh, for the snow and off-road, just, they'd I be need, awesome. I, no, I don't. But you know, an 05 Mini Cooper with snow tires will do the same <laughs> exactly. thing. I mean, we're not going to be bounding through the, the no. un, unplowed fields, sure. And that's why you need the Raptor or the ridiculous thing that you saw yesterday. Those are cool. <laughs> I have to say, the Earth Roamer was unbelievably awesome. I just don't yeah. know, uh, unless unless you are surviving the apocalypse or driving cross-country through Moab, because let's just not take the road, where do you put it? I have no idea. You have to have a, either a huge piece of property or a big house and a big garage you or have to have another one of those, separate garage yeah, somewhere. Those big RV Prevost bus garages, you have to have yeah, that. This thing is enormous. But, but at $1.5 million, you almost... I know this sounds weird. You almost hope for the apocalypse because you need to live in it. You need to live in it. <laughs> I, I paid mean, this much. Something better happen, Seriously. Man. You'd sell the house and just live in that, which you could. I mean, but, that's that's like 
two really nice homes for one point five million. Oh gosh, yes, that's four really decent homes, or, or a condo in Hermosa Beach, depending. But or but, a condo in Hermosa Beach but, next but, to the water. But but that's the thing about it, though, is I just kept thinking, and that and that brings us back to all the guys that buy crazy cars too, because the guy that buys that Earth Roamer probably doesn't use that Earth Roamer. He's got one point well, five million. He I'd buys it, and he do. and the family probably take it to a drive-up campsite a couple times a year. You know what I mean? <laughs> take it to a KOA campground and plug in. Yeah. No, that that was pretty awesome as well. I I just I love the the thing that wells up in me like, hey, that could be you quit your job and you go for <laughs> six months and you're in style and luxury and this thing just takes care of you. And you can't quit your job. It's $1.5 million. Well, Yeah, right. But I take your point. But, you know, I guess it's just for rich guys who have the everything. And I guess. this is off to adventure because you can. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. six months off the grid, it had solar panels. Like, what, 2,100 watts 2, of solar panels 2,100 watts of solar can run a house. <laughs> Okay, that I mean, can run a house. You could plug. You could plug into the solar array and charge it. You. You know what you should do? You should put Tesla branding on the side of your Earth Roamer and just pull up random places and let Tesla guys charge. You know what you could do is <laughs> charge for that and kind of start to make your money back. Offset your one point five billion dollar Earth Rover because you're a rolling charging now, station for electric cars. This is the idea here, here because we've got maybe Tesla branded Earth Roamers that drive around. <laughs> And you can just plug in. Could you plug in while you're driving? Could you snake the cord across it's, it's while the, you're cruising on the, the freeway? It's the car equivalent of in-flight refueling. That's exactly what it is. This is the idea. So these huge trucks driving <laughs> oh, around, no. festooned with solar panels all over yeah. the sides and top, and batteries galore, and they can just charge in random remote places. So they're like the like Tesla Rangers on, uh-huh. a, on steroids. Well, this is but, their new truck. But uh, I'll take you a step further. Oh, all no. we need, all we need, I didn't say all we need as if it's no big deal, all we need is for cars to go to wireless charging. Oh, yeah, that's true. And then true. you have this little bundle of electric cars driving around this monster Earth <laughs> Rover down the freeway. It's, Why? Because they're all charging right now. hive of cars exactly. around the big exactly. mothership. They're driving. all charging. And then they break off exactly. and more cars come in. Ridiculous. Wow, that went off the rails quickly. No, well, but, That's what know. SEMA does to you, though. You get all these ideas based on other people's crazy ideas, mm-hmm. and you just run with it. So, And I felt like there was a lot of yelling at this show, because there's just so much noise <laughs> yeah. everywhere. And, I, and I'm not saying that's and a bad Ken thing. And Ken Block's drifting back here somewhere. Yes, and there's noise and lights. And, DJs you know, and, yeah. And, 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 cool. and the booths that wanted to have lots of light, every booth has lots of light. So the booths that want a lot of light are like an LED hive. It's like, whoa, I just can't look that direction because it hurts too bad. Like, you know? What's over there? And you get LASIK looking into the Seriously. concert lights. I mean, look, we're, we're, we're embracing the madness that is SEMA. It, it, is, it is surprisingly fun, but I honestly, I said to Paul when we got here yesterday and we started walking through some of the booths, I had to acclimate because after about 10 minutes, I looked at Paul and I said, I'm kind of overwhelmed. Oh and we're gosh, in like yeah. the first quarter of Hall 1, and if you've ever been to Vegas... The convention center is massive. Yeah, four halls of enormity, and and every hall is involved in SEMA. Yeah, like yeah. wall to wall, and the entire front area, the huge yeah, patio yeah, all of the parking everything. lots and everything. I mean, the parking lots are all drift stations and extra cars showing up, and and I've even heard, I don't know if this is still true, but I've even heard that there would be a few cars that didn't get into SEMA proper and just parked out front. That are madness <laughs> yeah. that just park out front. I kind of think that's the case. They've got a cool build, and they just let them come in and park. And, yeah. of course, the parade at the end of the show is yeah, going to be Friday, nutty. Yeah, Friday. When it's you listen to this, is Friday, and always Friday afternoon, they do the big drive-out parade. We actually see some of these crazy things in motion. I mean, it, it's it's fun to be here. If you ever get the chance to be here, it's one of those things that's kind of like, I've been to SEMA. 
Yeah, yeah we're here kind of for we're here kind <laughs> like of for a purpose-related velocity. Another but... notch on the bedpost, like I did it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I <laughs> I have to be honest. There's a part of me that goes, "How do you come every year?" But if you have a business that's showing this stuff off, you need to be here. Yeah, and it's fascinating yeah. to see, like like the dub section you talked about. They've got to have 30, 40 cars out there. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's just the amount of money. Granted, they're outside, so I'm sure it's a little less. But the amount of money in cars and product and show-off that is involved just in the dub section is <laughs> shocking. Yeah. And the you know? kinds of products that we're running into. I mean, so far, you and I are commenting the floor jack that is made out of an airbag. That a truck bag. It was actually really cool. Yeah. Super cool. And so they were demoing that mm -hmm. and, you know, useful, cool stuff. Of course, there's all kinds of other products that you... <laughs> Useless, uncool stuff, ...wonder too. Yeah. about the validity of that and why you're pursuing manufacturing, but okay, you yeah. know, the world needed that. Really? Did it really? <laughs> but other cool products as well. I mean, we're just admiring the ingenuity, I think. I mean, that's what SEMA is about. True. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pose a... I'm going to be very careful here. I'm going to pose a rhetorical question. Okay. A genuinely rhetorical question. Okay. I'm just going to lay this here like a landmine and I'm going to back away slowly. Oh, no. Um, you know, we're in an environment, we don't talk uh, like non-car news much. We're in an environment where sexual harassment and all of that is being discussed a lot because of Harvey Weinstein and, and there's all that Sure, going the on. Hollywood madness going on. Which, yeah, okay. So that's in my brain because it's in the news a lot. And then I'm walking around SEMA and noticing the swarms of booth girls. Yeah. yeah. And I'm going... The, 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 this, this, is, this, is, this is why my brain hurts, because I'm sitting here going, how are both of these items happening at the same time? Fair I'm enough. Not asking, I'm not asking for an answer. <laughs> I'm just posing the question and backing away. I don't have an answer, to be honest. And on that landmine, we will go ahead and take a quick break. But before we do, the, the uh, race, tra race day, track day, coming yes, up November 17th, 2017. Don't forget, if you can join us, we would love it if you did. We've got a lot of people signed up already. So you can do this as a smorgasbord. You can come for the track day only. You can come for breakfast the next morning. You can come for the Pacific Coast Highway Drive as yes, well. And yes, then yes. lunch to end things on Saturday. Mm -hmm. Or all of it. We would love to have you. So the details for all that stuff are on the website, everydaydriver.com. You can go there to Adventures, and then you sign up with ncracing.org for the yes, track day. You yes. pay them your money for the track day. You mm -hmm. decide which class you're in. Sounds like things are starting to fill up a little bit, which is cool. And it's bring your own car, bring your own helmet. So keep Very that in much. mind as well. We will be informing all of you about all of the meetups for the other sections. We've got a little form we're sending out when you sign up that where we tell you, okay, good, we get your info, we capture your info so we can keep you informed on the various sections that you want to come to. We're excited. There's a lot of you that have signed oh, up. Yeah. If you can come, we'd love to see you. And it uh, should be a good collection of cars as well. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Well, guys, uh, we'll be right back after this. Let's talk about our friends at True Car real quick. When you're looking to buy a car, you want to make sure you're getting a price on an actual vehicle. It's not like theoretical. You want a car that's actually sitting on a lot somewhere. Unfortunately, that's not always the case. You can wind up configuring a car online only to find out, yeah, that one you wanted, we don't have that. But with TrueCar, you get real pricing on actual inventory. Now, this is not pricing offered by TrueCar, but pricing from an actual dealer. And not just any dealer, but a TrueCar certified dealer which is a carefully curated network of dealers committed to transparency and offering you a competitive market price. So using TrueCar, you can easily find the car you want. You can see what other people in your area paid for that car. That's a nice comparison thing to see. There are over 13,000 TrueCar certified dealers nationwide, and the average TrueCar user saves $3,000 off MSRP. So when you're ready to buy, visit TrueCar to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features are not available in all states. 
I can't believe it. That Gerald is presenting the quarterly budget report with finger puppets? Look, here comes a 1.7% decrease in fixed overhead. Hello, everybody. No, I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with Geico. Who are you? The projected increase in organic Q3 revenue. Hooray! Believe it. Geico could save you 15% or more on car insurance. We're back with even more SEMA, but we're in a different location now for <laughs> the rest of the recording. So we're going to cover some of the things we saw today. You guys have had some really good questions. We're going to cover that as well. Uh, one of the things that there have been many questions about, so we just want to start here because it's something we talked uh, talked through today and saw today, is our friends, and they are our friends at American Racing Headers. We've heard of them before. They were nearly a part of our sponsorship group yeah, for right. season one right. for exactly. Velocity. So we knew about them already, and they knew about us, and they are the ones that built the Hellcat Prius. <laughs> we actually saw this. We were walking through the show, and we weren't sure because somebody tweeted at us about this car. And we yeah, thank you, sure thank you guys. Thank you. if that was the case. But turns out we came across it. It's Army Green. We'll have to tweet out a photo of that and yeah. Instagram that because... Not only did we see it, but we talked to them, and we want to drive that car. So we're going to be following up on that, seeing if we can. And For as sure. you can tell, we are driving back from our trip in to uh, to Vegas here. And uh, I am currently driving, so that means Todd is wrangling questions. But here's the thing about that American Racing Headers build. It is almost exactly what you and I have joked about. It is a second-gen Prius turned into a rear-wheel drive Hellcat motor. The only difference is it's built as a drag car, but you're you, still, it is, you've got to be kidding. It has to be, though, with that kind of power to put it down. Yeah. Although I kind of envisioned a mid-engine Hellcat Prius. I did, too. I, I did, too. I just it's front engine. I agree with you. That's in my what, head. How, it, how it struck me. And yeah. they cut the hood apart and... You pretty much put that engine right down in the car. It's shocking. It, it really it is. It works. It works. What I, what I love, though, is I think between emails and tweets and Instagram mentions and Facebook mentions, I think we've had the better part of 10 people that have been at the SEMA show or have read about the SEMA show and gone, hey, guys, this is exactly what you've been talking about. We're as shocked as you are. That was crazy to see. There's a part of me, I have to admit, that now they told us they had a lot of sponsors for the build. So oh, that's, yeah, uh, that yeah, has a exactly. lot to do with why it has the livery, if you will, or the look that it does. Right. Of course, what we talked I mean, about you was... You sponsors for a build like that. For sure. I mean, for that's, sure. that's a big investment. What we talked about, of course, was making it look as innocuous as humanly possible. That's not what they've done, <laughs> but of course they're connected to specific sponsors to get that build See, done. that's what I envisioned. I envisioned the very innocuous, you know, just given away yeah. by huge wheels and tires and brakes, you know. That you, yeah, if you look you, close, you, yeah. You know, you kind of think, that's something different. That Prius sits a little different. And then it's got a mid-engine Hellcat, but this works. Oh, We're it happy works for like this. crazy! No, it's got drag radials at the back, so of course it's got to put the power down. And I, yeah, we got to put this on camera. You and I have <laughs> to get this on camera. We just we stood there about it endlessly. We stood there with the guys from American Racing Headers and just laughed for a couple minutes. I mean, we we had they're, so much they're fun. They're laughing just at seeing. their own creation. Yeah, they're for kind sure. of aghast at what they've built, and they're getting a lot of people going. Okay, finally somebody did it. You guys did yeah. it. Props, and of course they want to get this car out there. They want For to get sure. this, yeah. in, you know, into people's hands and get it on social media and get videos of this car done. I mean, we could put it with all kinds of stuff. We, we could, could put it it's with madness. Prius, other Pri, and other FCA product, and you know. <laughs> Can you imagine going trolling for that at street races? Yeah, for sure. Going for trolling sure. with that car? Just, oh, really? That's a, oh, what do you got in there? <laughs> okay. And it's probably a 2,000-pound car now. And 
It's nuts. It's so, crazy. Thank you to all of you who recognized, saw that come and recognized what we saw today and laughed about. So thank you for that. Speaking of other builds and things we've seen, we actually stood around for a long time looking at the Factory 818. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. This is very strange to be driving and not on camera. We're, we're recording, but yeah. we're not actually on camera. It's very strange. All right, so we stopped by the 818 booth, and Todd and I have talked about this a lot, as a matter of fact. Uh-huh. You've heard us yeah. rant about 818 and what they're doing, and they've got all kinds of products now, all done in-house. So they use the engines, of course, from donor cars, but the chassis are their own design for the most part, from yeah. what I understand. They might use bits and pieces here. Yeah. And so you and I were, you know, we saw the booth and, oh, we got to get over there and talk about these guys. And uh, we saw the 818. They did not have the hard top at this point, but we did see the 818. And I got to be honest, I am actually starting to lean that way for a track car. I After seeing awesome. it in the flesh and finally looking at it and seeing the build quality and yeah, all this yeah, stuff yeah. and it's still a flat four engine it's a flat configuration <laughs> boxer engine that's ridiculous but it's funny okay, you know yeah. and you and i were talking about parts for this car and how easy it is to fix something when it breaks or i mean relatively speaking it's yeah, still well, a I mean, subaru and it's still subi parts but well but you mentioned you know, the point that it, that it feels like the less expensive less quirky version of the lotus 211 it when you just, see it, it without the, like without to the top. I just yeah. thought, huh, yeah. it's got that interesting look to it. The build that we saw was done, of course, by a private owner, and you yeah. can. You can have them build it. It's our understanding. You can have uh, Factory 5 build those cars for you or private owners, and I mean, that, that's what this guy had they're done. They're designed as kits, so that's the more common reality. Right, yeah. so he had taken the windshield off, removed the windshield, and it just had that Lotus 211 kind of look to it. Yeah, he had yeah. the cool shirt. Uh, thermos in there. Yeah, for sure. I was just going, okay, this could really be the track car because inexpensive. And just to see the boxer engine configuration using the transmission right there, it's straight out of a WRX. It was fascinating. This was turboed and, yeah. you know, we saw, we looked at the cable linkage all the way to the back. Yeah. It was cool. It was fascinating just, to see the repurposing cool. of the, essentially, the front half of a WRX for the rear half of a car. Right, And right. how the back of the transmission tunnel ends about an inch before the back of the body. Because right. they, just, they just shoved the whole assembly rearward. Reach down in there and adjust the cable length, yeah. you know, or, or <laughs> the linkage or do whatever. I mean, everything just seems so readily adjustable. And yeah, yeah. You can beat on this car and not care about it. Nothing's precious about it. Just... Get after it, you know. So I'm, I'm actually curious. looking at this now, uh, hey, I, even I more closely. I think it's interesting that you are. I'd be very curious for you to go down that road and Just see if we can get cost, a real I mean, experience about it. Man, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, because you know, Cayman track car sounds juicy and delicious, but this works. Well, welcome to consumables. This works in Porsche world. Exactly. I mean, that's a problem for sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So speaking of other crazy things that the show builds and that kind of stuff, I have to bring it up. You guys have shown photos. Everybody's talking about it. The Hennessy, the F5. Ah, yes. Now somebody asked, <laughs> "Is there any concept I saw at uh, at SEMA at, at SEMA that I promptly forgot?" Um, honestly, this F5 is almost in that category. Yeah, I. We're both looking at this, and of course there was a big reveal. Yeah, and yeah, there's yeah. quite a lovely write-up about the specs of the car. But this is still an imagination right now because you look closely. Well, first of all, you don't have to look too closely to see that you can't see inside the car. There's yep. no interior. Yep. It's just blacked out windows. Yep. We kind of figured this is just a static model. It may be rolling, maybe a roller, maybe. but it's just a static model. <laughs> I mean, 
tape lines, you know, to indicate the shut lines. Yeah. The, the, the panel gaps you're seeing okay. in the photos, those are not actual panel gaps. Those are tape lines yeah. to represent the panel gaps. Yeah. So this is this is a as about as early as you see a concept car, that's what this is. And again, the couple of paragraph write-up about, you know, 1,600 horsepower and it's going to do 300 miles an hour, it's well written and it sounds grandiose. Oh, yeah. But this is a rolling dream at this point. It doesn't even roll, actually. This is a, a, a model... Yeah. Of the dream at the moment, and honestly, <laughs> seriously, and honestly, <laughs> I I am withholding all commentary until it actually runs. But there was a question that you guys posted actually, and I don't have the person's name in front of me. Thank you for the question about what do we think of Hennessy? Because there's all those oh, right. rumors right. about people coming to shops and seeing parts, and and you know, wait a minute, why is my car torn down? Why are those parts being used elsewhere? What is our take on Hennessy? Now, this is obviously a quagmire. We've never met him. I want to be careful Right, here. right. You know, it's to be honest, I haven't heard too much about that. I mean, I'm sure there's forums and all kinds of stuff. We're obviously not owners. We have not experienced. Yeah. We've not been to the shop. We've not met John. But I, I still look at his vision as just... Uh, I, I think he's come a long way. I think he was like Steve Dynan back in the day where, you know, he was blowing up BMWs and has come a long way into... All right, this is a real reliable kit. You know, these parts are real and good. Yeah. Maybe he's not quite to that level yet, and maybe it's in a category if you got to run before you can walk because the guy's building supercars maybe before he's really consistently delivering superior product. Because you, at that level, the trucks that he builds, the Cadillacs, all that stuff, you've got to be delivering consistent, beautiful, yeah. amazing yeah. quality for those kinds of prices. But, on the other hand, I've not heard of any shortcomings or anything on his part, so it sounds like definitely folks have, and, well, and noting that, but it's hard to comment on something that you and I really don't have a lot of, you know, we're not close to in that sense. Well, I've, I've read kind of all of the stuff that most people have read about the exposés and the here's the problem and here's sure. that problem. So, so clearly, there was a time early on in his career when it was an issue. Then it seemed to go away. Then it more recently seem to kind of come back. Okay. I right. will say this. We've talked to other people, and I'm not going to call out their names. We've talked to other people that have worked at other shops. And the idea of, when you're working on a single mark or a couple of marks, the idea of this customer's car needs to go out today, and that customer's car is here for another month, we need that part, let's take it off the, part that's not, the car that's not leaving yet, I wish that was uncommon. Right, it, we've right. heard of other shops that do that because you're sitting there, and let's be honest, the car that won't be done for a while yet is a convenient parts car. I realize what I'm saying is chilling. I realize that. I mean, but, especially for customers. You don't want your yes, of course not. car. You, you don't want, want some of your stuff to have been peeled off to finish know? that guy's car because yeah. what happens when your car needs to be done? That's chilling, but I don't think it is limited to Hennessy by any means. No, no. I do think not. we've talked about this a lot. Building cars is hard. You're setting out to build yeah, a supercar, and this, unlike the Venom, is supposed to be a proprietary chassis. This is a lot to take on. I mean, uh, has the price been announced for the F5? Have, did we the, see a price the, anywhere? It was, it was barely a model. You remember the Monty? I'm back to Monty Python. It's only a model. <laughs> We're back to that. This was this was only a model. That, I'm sorry. In spite of all of the press it's gotten, this is not a real car yet. Because the the previous Venom was what million bucks? About a million dollars. Okay. Yeah. Started with a Lotus, and the look of it is about all that remained on that car. Yeah. 
but here we we've got this bespoke car. Yeah, yeah. And he is competing now against a lot of other manufacturers. At you know, is this going to be a three million dollar car? Is this going to be just the bragging rights car? How many of them are you know are the, are going to be built? Yeah. All those kinds of questions, and you've got to really want it, but it's got to be extremely, really, really good yeah. to justify a price point of a million plus dollars. Unless you're the kind of buyer that just I've got to have it, and it just kind of doesn't matter, and you're willing to willing to put up with stuff. But we saw the uh, the Pirelli booth. Okay, we were at yeah, Pirelli yeah, yeah. at. Yeah, yeah. Glad you're bringing this up. And so we came across the uh, the Koenigsegg, or sorry, the, the uh, Pagani, the, Pagani. the Wyra, the Wyra convertible. Ko- Koenigsegg no. is on my brain for some reason, but the, the Pagani Wyra convertible, blue carbon fiber weave, exquisite jewelry. Every piece in this car is delightful to behold. Yeah, okay? agreed, agreed. And just behind everybody is an eggplant. <laughs> McLaren 720 getting ignored. The brand new 720 that is practically being pushed aside and tripped over oh so people gosh. can see the Pagani. Scraping their bags against it. I love the Pagani. And, you know, what, what's this in my way of taking photos yeah. of the Pagani? But that is still a McLaren 720, folks. Yeah. I mean, that is the new hotness and it looks amazing in pretty For, much any color. You know, yeah. a fraction of the price of that Pagani and probably the Hennessy. So, oh, yeah. I, you know, I come down to still the buying mentality that you and I have about, all right, you know, you've got this supercar, but for John Hennessy to charge whatever he's going to do, it's going to be more than a million. It's bound to be. Yeah. How many are made? All, you know, all well, these questions. And right now, you've just got a roller. Okay, all right, fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, we can comment on the styling, and I do want to. But you know, you're putting yourself out there. But I, I still come back to his, you know, the the build shop kind of mentality. When you graduate to building really high end exotics, you can't do that anymore. Yeah, I guarantee fair, you, fair. Horatio Pagani is not doing this because you have chosen the anodizing color to match your wife's Vuitton handbag. <laughs> I guarantee he's happens. not it you know, s- scrounging yeah. for parts from other cars on your Pagani. That is your build. He yeah. doesn't make yeah. the parts and order them from suppliers until you order the car. Yeah. Is John going to be doing the same, or do they have this still, hey, we're building trucks and we're just kind of tuning cars, and by the way, we've got this... Crazy! There's, there's no question now. he can make speed and power. Oh my gosh! Yeah. I mean, he can apparently make a closet door quick. I mean, it <laughs> doesn't matter. And all Screw of the stuff that I've seen anything, right? of his is crazy fast. Yeah. But going and building your own car, I, I, look, I'm going to come out and say it. When somebody goes and builds their own supercar and puts their name on it, this is an ego trip. I don't care who does it. It's an ego trip. Now, Horatio Pagani has somewhat succeeded, but yet we know people that have driven lots of Paganis and driven lots of Ferraris, and every single one of them says the Ferrari, because it's a mass-produced car by comparison, is feels like less of a garage build. In spite of the fact right. that Paganis are bespoke, they are guys in a garage building cars versus you know mass-producing vehicles, which by comparison is what Ferrari does. Hennessy didn't sell a lot of Venoms. He's not going to sell a lot of these. No. This, you mentioned it earlier. This is a bragging rights car. It's a car to build to say, we built the fastest car, but isn't that kind of just a garage build anyway? But I don't that mean level, that to be tacky. Yeah. That's, and then you have that kind of money involved. This is a weird market to play I in. I mean, the interior. You and I both just are crazy about the interiors of the Paganis. For sure. And they're just beautiful. They're jewelry. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. But the interior on this Hennessy cannot just be, you know, some strips of carpet and kind of a squarish instrument panel. With it some, can't look like a kit car. You know, some gauges that you don't know where they came from and yeah. they're just 
you know, aftermarket, whatever, you're right, it can't have that kit car feel because that's not going to vault him to the next level of, you know, Hennessy is now in the, the league with Pagani or whatever yeah. because he's yeah. charging the same amount. doesn't mean the car is in the same league. It just means it's fast yeah. and it looks crazy hot. But speaking of design on this car, I, I like it initially, okay. but I don't know that there's some strong themes that will differentiate it from just trendy supercar styling of the moment and that will make it look mm. good. Because at $3 million or $2 million or whatever that car costs, it's going to be around forever. You're gonna, It's going to be passed down from you know, buyer to buyer. And yeah. It's got to look good for a long time. The chic with the 50 cars. It's going to so wind up somewhere. what's yeah. going to differentiate this? All right, it's got to be something. It's got to be beautiful, gorgeous, unique styling. And, you know, you and I have seen the rear end of that car. It's They have not been kind to that car. The front and the side looks looks pretty standard supercar. I'll give that to you. The I mean, back looks confused. They, honestly, it just looks they confused. They didn't resolve things, yeah. and that means backing off, stop drawing, just because <laughs> it's a supercar. Yeah. I mean, McLaren has kind of tiptoed in with the 12C. It looked fast and a nice shape, yeah. but it wasn't so amazingly eye-catching. Still looks good right now. But the, even they had to find themselves, though. Yeah. They've refined what their cars look like yeah. over the past four or five years. Yeah, agreed. So, and they and they are a mass production house compared to what Hennessy will be doing with these <laughs> right. cars. Right. They're cranking out Corollas in comparison to Hennessy. Seriously, Hennessey. it's insane. So that actually leads us to a question that we had from uh, G. Lewis, 35. Uh, he actually asked the question, what do we want to drive home from SEMA? And what would we like to bury? And I'm going to jump in real quick. You may have seen the picture on Instagram. I'm sorry, but there was a Hummer that was jacked up on bags as high as it could go. It was all white and green neon. And it was... I posted the picture on Instagram. I'll post it again after this podcast goes live. It was SEMA in a photograph. It was. It was atrocious taste and too much of everything... And it was like, kill it with fire. I couldn't get rid of it fast enough. It, I, I, I actually... Scrape I, I the felt, ashes together and hit those with a hammer. I and, felt Seriously, I felt bad using up the pixels and using cyberspace for that. But yet, <laughs> I felt like I had to share the pain. So that must be buried. Agreed. If that were buried in the Nevada desert somewhere, the world would be better off. Probably. And probably. money was spent on that. Lots of money was spent on that. That's Yikes. the other frightening thing. So there's that. And then, of course, I have to say it just because I'm a sucker for them. The Pagani is the easy, low-hanging fruit answer to what I'd like to drive home. But I'm also going to say the 818. I just oh, want to drive yeah. that car, period. Uh, yeah. I mean, as a realistic answer, definitely the 818. I mean, that was... Uh, all of their builds were really, really classy and well done. Their Daytona Coupe looked fantastic. They had one that they built... They had one that a customer built that was all Air Force Army themed. Oh, it was kind of yeah. cool. Super cool. And then they had one that was built to look like the classic Daytonas with the blue with the white stripes. And that was incredibly clean. And, you know, to think, okay, they are a kit car. They embrace it. But yeah. the build quality looked really well done. Certainly on that one. I mean, well, and, and you and I talked about that Daytona Coupe and also made the comment where that's the one you buy and you just drive. Because yeah. would yeah. you buy it? I mean, the, the real Daytona Coupes are worth 
an absolute fortune. Yeah. And you'd be terrified. Museum pieces. So, you know, yeah. you get this. So it's a, a few podcasts ago, somebody asked that question, and this was our big conclusion. It was just, if you're going to drive the kit car and it looks like the original thing that you can't drive, why not do that? And that yeah. felt very true in looking at those Daytona Coupes. Agreed. So sorry, for you, bury or drive home? Oh, man. Uh, gosh, I, I have this soft spot for these Jeeps. I, <laughs> I don't know, know you do. why. I, <laughs> I don't need a shovel and a jack screwed to the side of my Jeep, but I just feel like I could use it. So I'm going to go with drive home. I want that earth roamer. I want that. You want the truck. house, the one point five million dollar rolling house. Just, yeah. Okay. I'm just kind of weirdly crazy about that thing. The Barry would be most of the crazy trucks because I told Todd we're walking through. You know, I have this strange want walking through, and then as soon as I exit the building, I'm fine again. <laughs> You're over it. it I'm passes. over it. But inside like there, I'm taking photos, going, "Wow, you got to be kidding me." Yeah. I could use that for nothing, but I just want it, strangely. But then I leave the building and we're fine. I'm, I'm, we're reset. We're, we're getting back home. <laughs> we're back here. to quasi-normal. Like, wow. So, yeah, that's that ridiculous. Roller, most of those trucks you could just forget about. I would bury those. But the realistic answer would be the A18. Yeah. Okay, cool. For cool, sure. Cool. All right. Well, a couple of questions that aren't necessarily semen-related, and then we'll close out this podcast. Thank you guys for listening, as always. Oh, yeah. We are back uh, to car debates here shortly, so keep writing to us at EverydayDriverTV at Gmail or EverydayDriver.com. Uh, I'm going to mention it again. We're going to Laguna and yep. PCH. Yep. That's coming in a couple of weeks, so you can still look into info on that and let us know your info so we can get you plugged into that. That's at everydaydriver.com slash adventures. A couple of questions coming off of Facebook. Uh, Drew wrote in and said, if we considered making videos, kind of enthusiast-related videos, uh, talking about um, will we do things like how to drive a manual, canyon driving etiquette, these kind of things, mm. we are planning to do uh, canyon driving etiquette in the spring. We're going to take the Lotus and the, and the Porsche and go do that. Yeah, Honestly, we just fun. ran out of time. While shooting for season season two, we just ran out of time to get that shot before the weather closed in. We'll do that next spring. We've talked about doing track day autocross, kind of here's your first one thing. We may do that. Remember, we're doing a 24 hours of lemons piece for right. this uh, right. season two, so we'll cover that as well. So that stuff is coming. Wanted to mention that. Uh, there's another one down here. Uh, David wrote in and said, all-wheel drive with all seasons Okay. or front-wheel drive with winter tires. What's your call? It, this is a tough call because I know you can make the all-wheel drive thing work. It helps, for sure. It, it doesn't it overcome physics. Agreed. And I'll liken this to pickup truck owners. You say, well, I've got four-wheel drive. Well, okay, you can't really... I mean, you can make it work in the winter. And yeah. people do. Yeah, for sure, of course. But I'd, I would take a car equipped... doesn't matter the drive wheels. I'd take a car equipped with winter tires over an, an all-wheel drive or a four-wheel drive car any day, so any time, any winter, storm, whatever. It is really surprising, guys, at the d dramatic change in your driving and your ability and your confidence level and what you can do on winter tires. Yeah. It's stunning. Yeah. And so they're not just a little bit better. It doesn't just give you a little bit more traction here and yeah, there. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree they, with that. They're locked down. They're inexplicable. Yeah. And good winter tires really transform your driving experience and they give you that confidence back so i'm gonna go with you on that i would rather the winters with any drive wheels than all-wheel drive and all seasons i will say this the big thing two, two things yes the big place where all-wheel drive helps you is if you have deep deep snow and you're trying mm -hmm. to get yourself moving on something like a weird hill or that kind of thing but your all seasons are not going to give you great traction just because you have all-wheel drive they're still all season tires right, right. and then the other thing 
let's be honest, getting going is one thing, but when you really need traction in the winter is stopping. Right. And those all seasons cannot begin to compete. There's places that have done tests. Sometimes it's hundreds of feet later by the time the all-seasons get stopped. That's incredible. And once you are stopping, your drive wheels are now irrelevant. I mean, I think about an alternate question like this about, hey, could I get away with track driving on, you know, just kind of, well, all-season tires or something so-so? Sure, yeah. Well, great sure, question. you could do you that. Can, yeah. But I'm going to be able to out-brake and out-steer and out-everything on the tire suited for the job. Yeah, that's, that's excellent. So that's as much it. as it hurts to go buy winter tires, it's so worth it. Yeah. And, and just knowing that ability and confidence level and... Yeah, from a traction standpoint, all-wheel drive might just put you in the ditch. It, it really, I mean, you try to get going and you're spinning out, I mean, that might not help, actually. Depends on what the situation is, I guess. But but, but the braking thing is the thing I keep foot, coming yeah, back to, because once everybody's braking, drive wheels don't matter, and what's it, here's the traction, folks, that's what, that's what matters. Agreed. Thank you guys for listening. Of course, I have to remind you again, we do live in Park City, Utah, so winter <laughs> is, a, is a real thing here. So oh, it's you know. coming, it's but, coming. But the other thing we talk about with these tires is that they're a lot about temperature, too. So once you get yeah. down below the 40s consistently, those all seasons are not designed for that, and the winters are. Conversely, the winters above 50, 60 degrees, you're tearing through them like they're butter. <laughs> so there is that problem. But thank you guys for listening, as always. Yeah, we really appreciate it. It's been fun to go to SEMA, and uh, just crazy, as always. As you could tell, we haven't been for a long time, and yeah. it was it was nutty. So we're looking forward to, ha- to Velocity Channel. As a matter of fact, that'll be in January. You've heard us talk about it, and that is coming and those episodes will make their way to YouTube later on. We haven't quite decided the schedule for that yet. For sure. And then track day is coming, as Todd said. So <laughs> more shooting, more driving, and then uh, ski season is upon us soon. So yeah. we're looking forward to that. In the meantime, guys, thank you so much. Cheers. I can't believe it. That Gerald is presenting the quarterly budget report with finger puppets? Look, here comes a 1.7% decrease in fixed overhead. Hello, everybody. No, I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with Geico. Who are you? The projected increase in organic Q3 revenue. Hooray! Believe it, Geico could save you 15% or more on car insurance. I'm Rita Foley with an AP News Minute. Federal government worker Blake Murray in D.C. says he's pretty much had it with the partial government shutdown. It's pretty demoralizing, um, you know, and I feel like kind of a pawn in a political game and totally powerless. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi is asking President Trump to postpone his January 29th State of the Union address, citing security concerns. But Republicans say this is just politics, shutdown politics, a move intended to keep President Trump off the national stage. Going to prison for 20 years, a Tennessee teacher who took a 15-year-old student and ran for weeks. Prosecutor Dan Cochran. I think it's a serious sentence. 20 years is a significant amount of time. He's going to have all that time to think about what he did, the consequences of it. We asked for 30, obviously, but 20 is a very serious sentence, and we feel good about it. An employee and a customer at an IHOP restaurant in Huntsville, Alabama, were killed in a shooting that also injured another employee. I'm Rita Foley.